You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We are really passionate about family. I think even over all of the campuses, there is an exclamation mark on Eastlake for family. We understand yes, what it looks on. like to be a part of a family, to raise good families. And so um, I think especially in this series, we wanted to take an opportunity for the both of us to share, for you guys to hear our hearts as your pastors. But also we, we really want you guys to walk away and be thinking, like as we're sharing, be thinking about your family, about your life, about the season that you're in. And we want... Um, what we say to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you so that you can walk away um, with more clarity around what it looks like to, to be a part of a family of God, but also in your home life, what that looks like and what God has for you. So Absolutely. And you may be sitting here, you know, look, I'm 36. What are you, 34, 33, 34? I'm 34. 34. I don't even know how old I am. Am I 36? Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. We have young kids. <laughs> we, wow. We don't even know. I'm 33. We're somewhere in yes. our 30s. Uh, I'm 33. My mom confirmed. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yes. Yaya, Yaya knows. And, um, you know, listen, we're new parents. Like, my son is five. So, you know, some of you may be sitting in here with children that you have raised that are grown. Some of you in here, your children may have children. You may say, why in the world should I listen to you? You are brand new at this. And... Fair point, but I will say one of the things that um, Katie and I know that God has graced us with is how to live a life 100% all in, on fire for God, and still maintain an incredibly healthy marriage and family. And so we want to just impart some of that wisdom to you guys. And so the title of this message is Rhythms, Tensions, and Seasons. Rhythms, Tensions, and seasons. Yes. Should I jump in to point one? Or yeah. would you like to add? That's also our points, guys. So yes. For the note takers in Three here. Three points. That's what yes. preachers do. Three points. <laughs> rhythms, tensions, and seasons. So the first one is rhythms. And um, one thing that makes me start to twitch and manifest a little bit is when I hear people say in, in church, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, just really want to have balance in my life. Just want to live, live a balanced life. And, um, and, and I'll tell you why I feel like that is um, uh, flawed thinking, okay? Uh, balance implies limitation. It, Im- it implies that there is a finite number of hours in my day, in my week, and I need to allocate those hours in a way that keeps me, you know, whatever, grounded, de-stressed, da, da, da. And so when we, when we say things about living a balanced life, you know, the, the visual is like these scales and like the, the number of hours that I'm going to give to God needs to equal the number of hours that I'm going to rest and relax and do whatever, and there's going to be balance. But what it does is it puts a finite quantity to your time. And you're, you look at your life as like a pie, and you know, there's, there's 24 hours in a day, and I'm going to spend you know, eight of those hours sleeping, and then I've got 16 more hours, da, da, da. But we don't serve a limited God. That's right. God actually has the power, because he is supernatural, to multiply your time. And if you are sold out for God, living a life on fire, I'm telling you, an hour for you is, you know, 
15 minutes for somebody else. Like your time will be multiplied. Like, like you will find that the, when you spend an hour on something, you get way more done than somebody else because God will actually honor yes. your time. And so we don't like to talk about balance in our family. We talk about rhythm. Yes. And in, um, in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, this is Paul talking. He's at the very end of his life. Uh, the verse right before this, he says, I'm about to be poured out, meaning I, am, I know that, that my days are numbered, my time here on earth is, is running out. And then he says this to his young apprentice, Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. And Pastor Marco Contreras has run um, four different um, half Ironmans uh, in his life. So try, try, yes, I know, it's annoying. He's good at everything, it's really frustrating. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll deal with that later. But um, wow. in, a, in a race like that, in a long race, like Marco wouldn't just like, as soon as the gun goes off and he's jumping in the water to do the swim, he wouldn't just like 100% max effort, I'm just gonna give everything I have to this swim right now, because then he wouldn't make it much further, right? There is a rhythm to a race like that where you have to know, hey, you know what? The swim is not my strongest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of get through that, but then I'm gonna really make up some time on the bike, and then when I get to the run, I'm gonna really conserve my... There's a rhythm to a race, but the important thing is the rhythm in the race is not so that you can end the race and feel comfortable. Hello. You don't have rhythm in a race. So that when you get to the end of the race, you say, wow, I'm really glad my heart rate never got above 145. <laughs> I barely broke a sweat. That was great. You actually have rhythm in the race to get the greatest result, to actually have the shortest yes. time. And in the same way, as you are saying yes to God, um, believing God for increased capacity in your life, I think it was Jordan Peterson, the clinical psychologist, said that the meaning that will sustain you through life is to be found in the adoption of responsibility. And the more responsibility, the more weight you are willing to put on your shoulders and carry, the more richly meaningful your life will be. And the only way to do that is to have rhythm. I love that. And I want to honor you because Katie really is sort of the the rhythm keeper, the time, she's the Adrian Dunn of our family. Wow. Just keeping time, keeping us on beat, and you just do such an amazing job at that. I do wanna talk about what that looks like practically, because, um, what, and this applies to everyone in this room. If you're a young adult, I want you to listen. Come on, young adults. Just as much as those of you guys that are um, in retirement, maybe. Um, but I, I really believe that um, God is gonna give you the ability to, um, am I not holding the microphone right? I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's you. Okay. Maybe it's a yes. speaker demon. It's fine. So um, there's a practicality to rhythms. And, and we see this in the life of Jesus. He would retreat by himself sometimes. He would pull his close friends away and retreat with them sometimes. And then he would launch in, you know, do a ton of ministering. And then there was this ebb and flow to how he lived his life here on earth. And the same goes for us. And so I look at our week kind of like this, like where it, it ramps up and then it calms down and then it ramps up again. And I have scheduled our family around the ebb and flow of our week. So um, for you, what are those things that are huge energy drains or where you need your, your full 
mental energy to be poured in to be able to do what you have to do. But then on the backside of that, how are you resting? How are you pulling back and refueling yourself so that you don't get burnt out? Because um, there is a call on your life and it requires you to have that ability to ebb and flow with the rhythms in your life. So whether you have a family, whether you're married, whether you're um, in a season where you Maybe you're living with roommates. Um, whatever season you find yourself in, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about the rhythms of your life. And normally I'm a lot better at feeling when things are getting off than Mike is. So I will be like, um, we have like, we need, to, we need to unplug with our kids. Like I can tell that they're getting a little antsy, that they need a little bit more structure and discipline. And so we'll schedule into our Friday a day of structure with our kids. And so what that looks like is we'll cancel play dates, we'll just stay home, keep them on a good structure, and we'll discipline them when they need to be reminded about their boundaries so then they can flourish, they can feel safe, they're a lot happier, and, and they feel a lot more settled. So the rhythm of our family, even though we're going you know, 100 miles an hour towards everything that God has promised us, we're sensitive to, to what that looks like in terms of rhythms. The same with how I um, schedule my meetings. So when I look at my week, and I know everyone has different work environments, maybe you have a structured work schedule where you have a nine to five. Well, what are you doing after you get off work? If you leave work depleted, then you're gonna need to figure out how to restore yourself so that you can be there for your family and, and to be there for your friends and um, to look at how you do your day. And it requires discipline, it requires intention, and it requires actually inviting the Holy Spirit in so that you can understand what that looks like for you. Because it's not a one size fits all. If I tell you what we do and you do that, then it might not work because you're not us. Um, but God knows that. And I think if you can apply this principle that is biblical to what your life looks like, then it will actually allow God to stretch your capacity. And I look back, like I look at what we're doing now versus what we were doing even a year ago. And our capacity is like on a trajectory of doubling every year. Like we're taking on two times the amount that we did last year, but we don't feel completely like exhausted and burnt out. We feel energized, we feel excited, we're good for it. And I really believe it's because we've invited the Holy Spirit in to, to teach us what rhythms look like. Yes, and I wanna, um, I wanna challenge the, the men, the husbands and the fathers um, for just a second. So your wife and your kids deserve your best when you get home from work. It's not, you know, I left it all out on the field at work and you roll in grumpy, ready to crack a beer and watch TV, okay? Your family deserves your very best. Your kids deserve your very best. So what do you need to do to ensure, and listen, I'm, I'm in the marketplace, like it's wild sometimes, I get it. Like sometimes I just feel like you just got thrown to the ground and then kicked while you were down and then you gotta go home and like, you know, be there for your kids and, you know, wrestle and do all those things. How do you, very practical, men, get a hobby. Find something that is fun, okay? 
Find something that allows you to get filled up, whatever it is. For me, it's being out on the water. I love boating, I love sailing, and as often as I can, I like to get out there, and when, when I do that, I feel recharged, I feel ready to rock and roll so that I can be 100% for my kids. You need to have fun, men. You need to have fun. Come on. You need to find a hobby. Don't make your hobby, I go play golf, 18 rounds every single day, and then never see your family. That's not it. That's not, oh, okay. Getting a big amen on the front row. Whoops. Sorry, Marco. Oh, wow. But you're, just know, when I roll up from work, get out of my car, take a deep breath, and say, I'm gonna walk into this house, and I'm gonna be the very best father, the very best husband I could be. Your family deserves your very best. And listen, the reason that is, the reason that is, every single one of us is called to be a leader, every single one of us. Now you may be in here and say, I, this is like my first Sunday, you know, it's moving a little fast, it's a little aggressive. That's all right, just wait a while, just wait a while. Get yourself healed up, get serving on a team, and then God wants to move you into a position of, that's what we do here at this church. We get people connected, we develop them, and then we empower them into their giftings, okay? That's, true. that's what we do here. You are called to be a leader. Now one of the qualifications for leadership Paul says in 1 Timothy, I'm gonna read it. That's not gonna be on the screen. I didn't give it to the guys. But it says that he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. That's what it looks like to be a man and be a leader in the kingdom is that you have to manage your family well. You, you may know the Bible backwards and forwards and just be able to spout off you know, every Greek and Hebrew word and you know, full discourse and the exposition of Galatians and your kids are off the rails, no one will respect you, okay? It, yeah. You are called to manage your family well and do so in a manner worthy of respect. I love that. Come on. I think one thing that um, when we said yes to campus pastoring, one thing that we were so amazed by Pastor Jurgen is he told us God is first, but then after that is your marriage and then your kids and then the marketplace and then ministry. And it was such this like, wait, what? <laughs> but but we it was the most freeing feeling for us because our first ministry is our family is our kids, is our marriage. And a question that we ask each other all the time is, would we want all of you guys to have the marriage that we have? Would we want you guys to have the relationship with your family that we have? And it keeps us in check because it's gonna flow into our community. And so um, I think for us just realizing that that is the number one thing that we need to focus on. And God builds his church. Like God is, God can do anything. Like he, he can open any door for your business in a snap. And so, but he's looking at how you live your life behind closed doors in your homes. And, um, and I think if we can realize that, if we can wrap our minds around the fact that it's not about what we do in front of everyone else, it's about what we do behind closed doors and, and with God, that is what is going to actually allow God to promote you. Um, and one more thing before we move on to our second point. I hear all the time, and I actually a few years ago, I, I caught myself saying this. I would say, yeah, we're just really busy right now. It's a busy time. We're busy. And I hear it, and it's almost like it, it triggers me a little bit because um, I think that that word is not biblical. And 
who isn't busy? <laughs> we're all busy. Everybody, we're all, we get it. We're all we're busy. We're all busy. All right. um, but I, I started actually like not allowing myself to say that because when I thought about it, we actually have complete control over our choices. And we actually have a say in what we say yes to and what we say no to. And what that word is saying is we're a slave to the things that are happening in our life. When in reality, we're the ones that have chosen to do the things that we are doing. Now, whether or not that is with intention and purpose, you know, that's, that's a good question that you should ask yourself. But if we can get to a place where, because people are always saying like, oh, I know you're just so busy. Like, I'm actually, I don't feel busy. I feel very intentional about my time, who I spend my time with, you know, who I allow into my kids' lives, what we do as a family, what we say no to. And our life is actually not chaotic and it's, it's very peaceful. Our home is peaceful. Who we bring into our home, there's peace there. And so I want that for you. I don't want you, if you feel completely like just overwhelmed by busyness, then no, that is not from God. That is not his portion for you. And, um, and a part of being planted in the house of God is you realize, wow, like God wants to refresh me. Like he wants your lives to flourish, not for you to be stressed out with high blood pressure, running all over San Diego like crazy person. Like let's just, let's just take a moment. You know, maybe some of you guys after today are gonna go home with your calendar, with a piece of paper, with your Bible, with the Holy Spirit, and just give yourself a reset. And I promise when you do that, you're gonna find that God allows you to have a life with, you'll get more done and you'll be less stressed. Yes. Hey, Amen. Come on. Amen. Wait, point number two is tension. Tensions. This is a fun one. Yes. So uh, I'm an engineer. Any, any other engineers in the house? Wow. Wow. Come one? On. Come on, bro. It's me and you. Hey, All right. there's a guy in the back. Oh, yes. Okay, a couple more. Oh, praise there God. You go. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Whew. Well, this may not land as well as I thought. <laughs> Just kidding. Tension is two forces operating in opposite directions. That's the engineering definition of tension. And this does not just apply to marriage. So if you're in here and you're single, if you're in here and you're uh, younger, you're divorced, whatever, doesn't matter, this applies to you. You need tension in your life. You need people in your world. And again, if you're married, it's your spouse, it's your friends. If you're not married, you need to have friends that actually provide a little bit of tension. If you surround yourself with just people that are exactly like you, see the world exactly the same way you do, then there yes, is, it's, you're on your own, essentially. If, if the people around you are you, then it's still just you, right? You need tension. Now, in our marriage, there is tension, healthy tension. The Bible says, as Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, that's compression, but it's okay. No, Don't no, no. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too anyway. deep. We don't in need our, to talk about compression. I don't our, even know what that is. In our marriage, <laughs> if, if Katie were to never, if Katie were to leave me completely unchecked, okay, I am super ambitious. I want to build an empire. I want to conquer the world. I want to make a bazillion dollars. If left completely unchecked to my own devices, I would be a workaholic. I would have, I would neglect my children. I would neglect my marriage if I was left completely to my own devices. Now, if Katie was left to her own devices, we would have nothing. 
Yes, we would just have fun. Wow. We would just have fun every day. It would be like, let's go to the zoo, let's go to the park, let's go to the beach, let's go to the... But together, because of tension... I have no words. I feel like this is a little dramatic. <laughs> I mean... Come on. I, Tell what? me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. I don't know. I feel like that was a little It's true. Extreme. It's true. Okay. But For what we have point. really... And I'll be honest with you. I'd say the first... Um, four or five years of our marriage was tough. I felt really like Katie didn't get what we're trying to do. And then Katie really felt like, like, just please be a, like, no, I No, this I, is what, okay, this is what he go. said. He said, when we got married, we're not going on a vacation until we have no debt and we pay for a house in cash. Yeah, I, I had I'm problems. Like, I had problems. I'm sorry, and, but, but then you know what? I came to church, got me. plugged in, started serving, and now it's all good. Wow. It's yeah. true, yes. That, and that's have, a true story. And listen, there is, and now I feel like, um, you know, now getting settled in, in marriage a little bit more, we, um, we understand this balance of tension. And there will be times where, and, and Katie is amazing at really releasing me into what I'm called to do. Like, if I was just sitting at the beach every day, I would be, I would be, in a bad way, because like I need, I need to be building something, taking ground, taking territory. But because neither one of us abuses um, this tension, when Katie like puts her hand on my shoulder and looks at me and says, hey babe, I think we need to just slow down for a couple days. I think we need to just go on a date. I think we need to spend some time with our kids. I take it very seriously. It's no, it used to be like, you don't get it. How dare you? Don't hold me. I'm a, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly, you know? <laughs> but now I understand that what she's doing is, is keeping us grounded and keeping us moving forward at a rapid yeah. rate. Hey, listen, what good would it be if I built an empire, conquered the world, and was divorced? My kids hate me, and I'm miserable, right? That's not what I want. Sure. I don't want that. Yeah. And, and on the other end... Um, there will be times where, where with Katie, I'll be like, hey, babe, it's time for us to kind of put the nose to the grindstone a little bit. Let's, let's have a season of, you know, we, we just took a vacation. We can't take another one a week later, okay? We, we, we did that already. And now let's hunker down and really get serious about, and that's tension. Now, again, whether you're, if, if that's in your marriage, that's great. If you're single, you need friends that have a different, that see the world a little different than you. If you're like ultra type B, you better make some type A friends or you're going to get true. nothing done. If you're it's super true. type A, you better make some type B friends or else it's just going to be, you're you going to be. won't have fun. No one will like you, okay? You need people <laughs> to, to provide that tension in your world. I think one way that, um, or one reason why tension we've really found like to, to maximize what it provides for us is we're aligned in our vision. So, so I know that what Mike is doing, I'm doing. What I'm doing, Mike is doing because we know where we're headed. And so that's why tension works is we're not, we're not fighting against a vision. We're like pulling, you know, into our strengths so that God can actually do more. And you said, you said this when we were chatting before, but tension is what bridges need. So 
without tension, you can't have a bridge. So in order to go to where God is wanting to take you, you actually have to find the people in your world that will provide that tension so that you can get to where God wants to take you. And But if if you're in a season, and I'm going to speak to married couples right now, if you're in a season where that friction isn't actually producing anything positive or it's not producing um, the things that God wants to to produce in your marriage, then you then maybe take a step back, maybe invite some wisdom in so that you can be aligned in your vision, so that you're not fighting against one another, you're fighting for what God has for you. And when that clicked for us, it was like everything changed. We started seeing so much momentum in our family because um, I wasn't fighting against the vision; I was fighting for it. And my job as Mike's wife is to make sure that that tension stays there. And um, if things get, you know, if I don't choose to fight with him over some things, then that's actually a bad thing. And so learning to fight well, learning to fight for um, is a really important thing. So that's in the context of marriage, but also, you know, with our friendships, with how, how we parent, how we're a family together, like being planted together in a family, how are you giving space for tension? Like if you're only comfortable with the things that you want to let into your life, then you're not ever gonna grow. You're gonna like cut off so much nutrients that God wants to to bring in so that you can plant deep roots. And so you actually have to, to allow the right people access into your life to be able to, if you don't have somebody that you've given access to speak into your life, you're never going to have tension. You're never going to experience this huge, amazing um, system that God has put into community, into the family. So that's why we stress so much, like get into a connect group, go to DNA, get in, get onto a team where people can observe how you are. Um, We all have blind spots. We all have idiosyncrasies idiosyncrasies, sounded weird, Um, where you're you're just going about your life and then somebody's like, hey, did you notice that you always are are talking really negative about yourself? Like, did you know that you have a bent towards like saying things about like, we need to, we need to get that out of your, we all need that in our life. If your friend, if your friends are always asking you to hang out and you're like, no, I have to work. No, I have to do this. No, I have to do this you're going to eventually not get asked anymore and then you're going to go so into an extreme and you're going to end up burnt out and tired and exhausted. So we all need tension in our life and we all need to embrace it. And, and I think how we figured that out was through vulnerability and through learning how to fight well. And really um, respecting your spouse, again, just for the married couples. Again, when Katie comes to me, and it wasn't this way, it took us a bit. Now when Katie comes to me and says, hey, you know, I think we need to take a couple days. We need to slow down a little bit. I don't fly off the handle and say, you don't respect what I'm trying to build here. How dare you? You're trying to drag me down. I actually really heed her wisdom, and I trust that she sees things that I don't see, okay? And so husbands and wives, you have to, now, you can't abuse that, right? If Katie came to me every single day and was like, let's slow down. Hey, let's just, uh, then, you know, then I would 
it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? And so um, learn to really heed your spouse. Trust that your spouse sees things in you and your family that maybe you don't see. Let's move on to seasons. Come on. Love it. Are you good? Get something out of this? All right. Point number three, seasons. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And then it goes on to, you know, there's a time to die, a time to live, a time to plant, a time to... There's seasons in life. There's ebbs and flows. And, and um, one thing that we have uh, really had to come to terms with is that what worked in an old season won't work in this season. And so life is seasonal. And you really need to learn to identify the season that you're in, okay? If you can't identify that it's winter, then you won't know that I need to, you know, go put on a coat and go whatever, right? You need to also be able to identify the season to know how to adapt and live in that season. I'm gonna let you kick this one off. Yeah, so um, I was a little bit slow to understand what this looked like. And so God would transition us into a new season, but I wouldn't fully be aware of it. It was like my mind didn't realize that we were in a new season. And so I was trying to make our old season fit into our new season, and then it would just cause so much frustration. So a few examples of, of when you transition to a new season, a new relationship, if you start dating somebody new, if you get married, that's a huge life transition with a new season. Having children, a career change, even moving houses. Uh, moving is a huge transition. I, I remember um, we were in a really good rhythm, had a great season in our old house. We sold our house, moved to Coronado, and I didn't realize, I didn't think that it would change our season because we were just moving 20 minutes down the road. But just changing geographically where we were, it affected his commute to work, like how that worked, which affected our morning routines. And I was fighting to like keep the thing that was working in our old house, and it was just like not working. Like in our old house, we would have coffee every morning. We would go over our schedules. We would, it was really great, and then we would start our day. But I realized I'm trying to hold on to an old wineskin, if you want to say it that way, or I was trying to, f to keep that old in a new, and it dawned on me, like, we need to change things up. Like, this isn't working anymore. Yeah, and it was, and for, for me, that season, so in our old house, we had a, a you know, bigger place. It was like 2,400 square feet, and I had an office. I could actually get away from my children and work. <laughs> Um, and, and because I worked from home, it was easy for us to, and for Katie, like mornings are really important. And so we'd be able to, to spend a little bit of time together in the morning and have coffee together and kind of talk about our day and get synced up. But then when we moved, we went from 2,400 square feet to 1,000 square feet in our little Coronado bungalow. I have no place to work at home. And I, I, have, I have things I have to get done. And so it, in me, like I just found myself getting so frustrated. We would just try to... to um, I'm like, to, you, will have, you will enjoy this coffee. And yes, he was like, and so then ah. we would just sit there staring at each other, drinking the coffee. And, and I'm like, it was just I'm so loving bad. this. This so is bad. so much fun. <laughs> yeah. All the bad. while just thinking about all the things. And so um, Katie really released me to for this season to change the way that we do things. And so now instead of every morning having coffee, I'm really kind of up and, and out the door pretty quick into the office and get my things done. But the difference is in the old season, because um, I, I was really committed to, to mornings with Katie, I would work a lot later. 
And, I, and because I worked from home, it'd be super easy. Just once the kids go down, I'd jump back in the office and get a few things done. And now, I think, I hope you would say so, um, I really try, like when I come home from the office, I'm done. And very rarely in this season, try to do much kind of, you know, after work hours are done. It's just a new season, right? And, and now this is working for us in this season. Yeah, so maybe if you keep finding yourself frustrated, maybe it's just that you haven't allowed yourself to transition into the season that you are now in. And giving yourself grace and having the right conversations and looking what's going to work for this season. Maybe it's not a long-term thing, or maybe it is, but that's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. Like he, He's with us always. He's our great, He's called our counselor. And so take a moment to figure out like, if something's not working, ask yourself why, why is this not working? And it can be practical in terms of like your schedule or your routines, um, or maybe it's a heart thing. Um, but, but I know that for us realizing, okay, when anything changes, it's gonna affect everything else in our life. When you say yes to a new role, even at church, um, I know like this is so, small and practical, but I know that Sunday mornings, I don't want it to be a chaotic thing. It's the, it's the earliest morning for us out of our whole week. So I make breakfast, I'm double breakfast on Saturday so that I don't have to cook on Sunday morning. It's the smallest little thing, but it's made the biggest difference because now we have a smoother morning. And so just thinking about what are those little things that will will actually bring a lot of peace into your life. Maybe it's just, you know, a little bit more planning. I'm not naturally a planner, but I I am very passionate about atmospheres. So I want an atmosphere of peace. I want an atmosphere of fun. I want there to be like a place for my kids where they're always like doing really good. And I'm really like dialed into that. And even for you guys, like as a, as a church family, we look at the ebb and flow of the church calendar and your yeses and what you guys are doing. And we want that for you as well. So um, I think if we can all ask God, like what season do you have me in? Are you in a season where you are, you know, going a million miles an hour in this one thing, knowing that it's a two week sprint. Like we have sprints in our family where Mike will say, hey, I have a three week sprint coming up. So let's, like even this weekend, like we took our kids to the desert for 24 hours, completely unplugged, knowing that this week we're gonna, we're gonna have a week where we're not gonna see them as much. And so just understanding the seasons, understanding the tensions, understanding the rhythms will allow you to say yes to more than what you could ever have imagined you would be able to say yes to. Um, but I think that's our heart for you guys is that you would flourish, yeah. that you would fully plant yourself in the house of God and that you would see all of these things that we're talking about come to life in your family. Yes. So we want to yeah. just take a sec or close out the service, just praying for, for you guys. And um, Jesus said, um, my take upon me or take upon you my yoke, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And a yoke is what um, an ox puts around their neck to pull. So what Jesus did not say is, come to me all you who are heavy laden and weary and I will remove your yoke. He doesn't say that, he says, take my yoke upon you. There's a, a yoke exchange. You are meant to pull something. 
Everybody in this room, you are meant to live a life of purpose, to actually shoulder responsibility, to take responsibility over your family, over this city. What are they gonna say about San Diego a thousand years from now? We are meant to, to pull and to carry. And when, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, that word easy is, is a, a very complex uh, word that's, that's tough to translate. The only other time we see that word used by Jesus in the New Testament is when he talks about nobody puts um, uh, old wine into a new wineskin, da, 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 and he talks about the, the new, the, um, because everybody knows that old wine is more rich. And the word that there is translated rich is actually the same word as my yoke is easy. And so really it's my yoke is rich. And everybody that drinks wine knows that old wine isn't just better, it's, it's more flavorful, it's more rich, it's more, you're supposed to live a life that is rich, that's full of meaning, but never at the expense of your own health, your own family's health, and so we'd love it if you just hopped your feet for a second. We just want to take a few minutes as we close and just pray for um, a, a few people. And so I'd love it if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I, I think the first group of people I want to pray for, and I wasn't going to do this, but I just really felt um, from the Holy Spirit uh, to do it. Um, if you're in here, and I'm not going to make you raise your hand just because I don't want to, but just in your heart, I want you to just sort of acknowledge that this is you. I want to ask you to raise your hand. But if you're in here, and maybe you feel like you've blown it. Like everything that you hear us saying, you're like, shoot, I wish I would have known that 20 years ago, or I wish I would have, and you feel like you look at your family and maybe there's dysfunction in your family. Maybe you, as a, as a father, have just made a huge string of missteps and you just feel like it's too, it's too late for me, I can't undo all of the, the, the things that I've done. Maybe you're, maybe you're in here and your kids are all the way grown and you feel like, man, I really, I didn't, you, serve a God who is the great redeemer. He can redeem any wrong. He is infinitely powerful. To think that God can't undo things you've done means that you believe in a powerless God. And so I want to just pray for you. And again, I'm not going to make you raise your hand and, and embarrass you, but just in your heart as I pray, if you know that's you and you know that that, gosh, I feel like, you know, I, I haven't done it right. And it is not too late, friend. I'm telling you, God is a redeemer. He wants to redeem you right now. He wants to right the ship right now. And you have no idea what you spent five years doing wrong, God can make right and in an instant. In an instant. And I want to empower you. I want to empower you that through the Holy Spirit, you can change. You can do things different. In and of your own strength, you can't. That's the whole point. That is the Christian message, that in and of yourself, you are powerless. But God came to this earth to fill us with power so they can walk out the calling that he has on us. So God, right now, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that feels like they've blown it, that they, that they haven't done it right. And we just rebuke that wicked spirit of, of performance, of rejection, God, of discouragement. God, we know that you want to put courage into us, God, that through you we are more than conquerors in Jesus' mighty name, that we are not just going to stay down on the mat getting our teeth kicked in, but we're going to get up. We're going to have our head held high, our shoulders back, our chest out, because we are more than conquerors. Right now, I want to speak 
to every mother, every father, every husband, every, uh, every wife, every son, every daughter, every grandparent that feels like they, they've messed up in, in, a, in a monumental way. And we just declare the redeeming blood of Jesus over them, that you are the great redeemer, that there is no wrong that you can't make right. And we declare that you are doing a new thing right now in this place, God. I pray that you would begin to infiltrate hearts and minds and where there is where there is negative thinking where we just think like oh man I'm such a screw up oh man I just I did it so wrong we rebuke those thoughts right now in Jesus name and we pray that you would fill minds fill hearts with thoughts from your holy spirit thoughts that say you are my son you are my daughter I am so proud of you I am giving you every tool you need to be an amazing mother to be an amazing dad to be an amazing son an amazing daughter to be an amazing husband an amazing wife we pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. And I actually want to pray for mindsets. I want to pray if if you heard, you know, what we were saying and you have been in a season where you've been feeling overwhelmed, you've been feeling exhausted, you've been feeling busy. I just want to pray right now that God would renew your mind. It starts in our minds and our hearts. So um, if that's you, if you need God to renew your mind and how you're looking at your life, how you view Him, how you view God, how you, you view your season, um, I just want to pray for you right now. God, I thank you, Jesus, that it says in your word that your Holy Spirit has the ability to renew and rewire our minds, that our portion is to live in peace and clarity with, with your power flowing through us. So I pray right now for every person in this room, God, that you would remove any blockages in their minds, that you would free them from their past. And God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that there would be a renewal happening at Eastlake campus for how we operate, for how we live our life, for how we make decisions, for how we invite your wisdom in. God, I thank you, Jesus, right now. Um, and I rebuke that, that spirit of feeling overwhelmed, that striving spirit, that performing spirit, um, even just stress and anxiety, mental health. I thank you, Jesus, right now, that people are gonna feel it lift off of their minds right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would flood over every person in their mind your peace, your love, your wisdom, your ability to show them who they are in you first. It's not what they do, but it's who they are. And God, I thank you that you are allowing our church to go deeper, that you are allowing us to be planted. It says in your word that those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. It is a promise for all of us. And so I prophesy that this year, 2022, would be a year of flourishing, that we would flourish in how we relate in friendship. We would flourish in our businesses. We would flourish with our families and our marriages. God, I thank you that you have given us everything we need in your word, in relationship with you, and in relationship with each other, God. So I pray a blessing over every family, over every household. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.